Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Are we tired of Barbie yet? No, we said this last time. No. We said this last time, but we're we are not tired of Barbie because people are now just getting to see Barbie. I was feeling a little fatigued going into Thursday before you threw the most epic viewing party, and then after watching it, I'm like, I can't stop. I need to watch it again. I was at Westfield Century City Mall yesterday for the John Legend Loved One pop up, and it was so packed. Not just because of the concert, but also because of Barbie at the AMC, the theater. Everyone was dressed up. It was just like so fun and exciting. And there were like, you know, all the billboards and everything. And I'm just like, I want more. I want more Barbie. And I've been nonstop listening to the to the soundtrack with Zoe. I was telling Kirby before we started recording. Zoe now spell or Zoe now says K is for cool. Thanks, Lizzo. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's a song that opens the, the movie and it's Lizzo singing and they spell out pink and she says, K, cool. And now Zoe thinks cool starts with a K. Yeah. And she keeps asking if she can watch it. So hopefully one will get it on streaming, you know, in the next few months. But anyways, I am not fatigued. And clearly, Miss Kirby Johnson is not because she's got Midge as her background today. <laughs> I, I, gar- I feel like Midge has to have Midge was not utilized as much as she should have been in this movie I think for I mean listen she she did what she could so we respect Midge but <laughs> Midge Midge's villain orange origin story needs to happen I would absolutely love to see that we should ha- we should have interviewed Midge for the podcast oh my god uh, Midge come on Los Angeles tell us about your fateful beginning and having a child and being discontinued. What was it like being Barbie's friend? Sounds like a nightmare. Why? When did you decide you needed to get bangs to cover your five head? <laughs> and in the movie, she has bangs. So I want to know that decision. Yeah. How did they decide not to give her a five head in the actual movie? <laughs> but if you have seen Barbie, we would love to hear your thoughts. I know that there's like a lot of opinions being thrown out there. This is all I have to say. It's PG-13. So if you went into this thinking it was going to be like frou-frou Barbie kids movie, you are sorely mistaken. Literally in the trailer, she talks about dying. If that's not a context clue, I don't know what is. Like, this is not your typical Barbie movie. Also, it's PG-13. If you're taking your children to this movie, you should probably check the rating first. Were people complaining about that? Yes, because I posted a video... A couple of weeks ago after I went to the Barbie premiere and it, I made it this like very cinematic reel yes. of me getting to the Barbie premiere mm-hmm. and I I now regretfully put my feet in it because I tried to emulate the Barbie yes that was my favorite part <laughs> coming out of her heels thing same I thought it was hilarious I thought it was very obvious it was a joke 
perhaps on Instagram people understood that, but Facebook is the lawless land of degenerates. And literally, the comments... Sarah, my video, that video on Facebook has a million views because people are sharing it to their pages going, goblin feet, bricklayer's feet. (laughs) They are dragging my feet. They are dragging my feet. And I... Listen, I did think about this. What is a goblin foot? Like a small foot? They're saying it's like, no, they're saying it's like nasty. Like it's like gross. Before I posted this on you the internet. You have such cute little feet. No, I posted this and I was like, I'm going to regret this because I did not moisturize before. I don't have like any type of lighting <laughs> on my feet to make them look good. Like it's just like me trying really hard to step out of six inch heels onto the floor with an arched foot, which is hard. Some of you are like. Also, it's funny it's a joke my god take it yes no it's funny it was supposed to be a joke it was like very clearly not the same thing like in the video i put the yeah you know margot robbie's foot and then mine and i put same clearly a joke completely lost on the facebook crowd they think that i think my feet are just as hot so i'm getting dragged all hell for my ugly goblin bricklayer feet (laughs) dying that people are horrified by i'm like yeah sorry that my feet that aren't perfectly lit and don't have a photo filter on them and don't look like margot robbie's feet that are supposed to look like they're plastic in the movie like which also that probably is not how margot robbie's foot looks in real life everyone's hate to break it to you 100 it's probably a stand-in we need to actually get down to the <laughs> down there to the bottom of that are those actually margot robbie's feet they are Those are her feet. All right. Those are her feet. With good lighting and moisturization and makeup and camera magic. I'm sorry, Kirby, that I hope you don't have a complex about your feet now. Oh, I have a complex. I'm moisturizing (laughs) my feet to high heaven. I'm doing like, I'm like slugging my feet at night. Like the the, the La Mer, the La Mer vat that like is probably expired going back on the feet. It's going back on the feet because. Oh my gosh. Your girl is now traumatized by Facebook. I hate that we have to use Facebook in order to connect to Instagram and like, or like now because I'm obsessed with Facebook Marketplace that I have to open my Facebook page because I immediately get sucked into some stupid conversation or drama that I didn't need to know. And then I leave and I'm just agitated. Same, same. Ugh. Well, you. I think your feet are super cute. Thank you. They they will be moving forward. You will not see <laughs> nary a crack or dust chalkiness oh at all. I'll be getting Ugh. paraffin waxes every week oh to my get gosh. these smooth little feetsies. But um, I hate everyone. I hate yeah, everyone. I, I hate. Um, I really hate it all. But anyways, Barbie. I, I enjoyed it. I think that it was great. I think anybody crying about it like really just doesn't understand what this movie was going to be in the first place. And that's their prerogative, but doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I didn't know that I would feel emotional at the end, but in like a happy way. Like it was like a, you know, a lovely surprise. Totally. That the movie was so complex. Thank you for treating all of us, Kirby, to that movie. That was like such a fun night. And Kirby created the most incredible gift bag with like a bunch of amazing barbie and beauty collaborations i'm trying to think which one my favorite is if you had to pick which one is your favorite you know the one that i use the most is probably the tangle teaser oh it's so good which is like this bright barbie pink and it's supposed to kind of look like totally hair barbie like that colorway. so yes. i love it yes and like then- very 80s 
Yes. And then I also love the insert name here, Pomade. It oh, is, and the little brush? Yes, with the flyaway edge brush. It is that pomade. It's not sticky. It smooths onto the hair. And then literally your hair goes nowhere. So I think, I feel like those those two are like the ones that I just keep using. Everything is just so, so cute. And the little like Sammy Ryan set. Yeah, the Sammy Ryan set, that terry cloth set. Ugh, I can't wait to wear that. To so the cute. Beach, so uh, cute. To the pool, but... Thanks, Kirby. That was so much fun. You should really make that um, an ongoing thing and have it sponsored. I feel like instead of doing a Halloween party, I just want to do a A screening, a movie screening and have everybody dress up and go to the movies, like run out a movie theater. Absolutely need to do that. That'd be fun. Alrighty, let's get into some beauty news. Let's get in some beauty news. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so this isn't exactly new, but it is. There has been some newfound information to support um, these findings that reporters like Kirby have been talking about um, uh, already. So the headline is from CNBC. Don't waste money on biotin or collagen supplements, dermatologists say. The better way to get beauty nutrients is through the food that you eat. So there was a recent research paper that was published in the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology, and they found that skin, hair, and nail supplements often contain much more biotin than the human body needs. And that high doses of biotin can alter test results that healthcare providers may order, like thyroid testing, cardiac testing, and potentially even vitamin D testing. This was according to the professor of dermatology at Harvard Medical School, Dr. Rebecca Hartman. So the daily recommended dose of biotin for adults is 0.03 milligrams. And some supplements uh, for hair growth um, have 650 times that amount, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. There was a doctor named Adam Friedman, who is the chair of dermatology at the George Washington University. And they said that these side effects can sometimes be deadly, um, you know, causing you to miss like a heart attack, for example. Someone died because uh, a test didn't detect a heart attack. And um, they found that there were elevated biotin uh, levels in their body due to supplements that they were taking for hair growth. So it's a little, it's a little scary, um, but again, yeah, it, it affected their troponin levels because, yeah, it says that the patient's trop, troponin levels weren't showing any sign of concern, and it was being that was because the biotin had interfered with the t- lab tests. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. So the research goes on to say that biotin is is very commonly found in a lot of foods and multivitamins. So we really don't need to be taking supplements. They said that if you were biotin deficient, you wouldn't be going to Walgreens to buy a bottle of biotin. You'd probably be in the hospital. Right. Um, So yeah, so foods that are rich in biotin, egg yolk, beans, nuts, seeds. There's some information that they found about collagen supplements. So then additionally, collagen supplements which there's a ton of them. It says that, you know, people can often take them with 
no concerns at all. But when tested, many of the popular brands of these collagen supplements contain toxic heavy metals and lead and mercury. Um, and, and this was like noted by several other of the dermatologists. So they say like, listen, like taking collagen probably won't hurt, but there has been so little guidance on giving recommendations in respect to the right dose that like maybe, maybe don't. But the bottom line from this particular derm said that he tells his patients not to take biotin at the very least that there is no added benefit, only potential harm. So I guess like, let's like keep these these things in perspective. Like, I think if you're taking a collagen powder or something of that nature, f- fine. I don't know necessarily if it's actually doing anything. I remember when I was at Pop Sugar, we did a, a piece of branded content with Sephora and they really wanted us to talk about collagen, supplements and stuff like that and we were like really hardcore about okay is this actually efficacious or not if not then we need to like leave them out and there was like minimal research that showed if you take collagen supplements for eight weeks straight there is some improvement in your skin but it's like not enough that I think it would entice people to keep using it It's like with instrumentation, they were able to detect a change in the skin. But like looking at yourself, you're not like, oh, wow, this has completely changed my life. And unfortunately, collagen, as we know, depletes as we get older. It's just one of those things. So you do have to do things to stimulate collagen. Um, Many experts that I think Sarah and I have both spoken to are kind of like, drinking collagen is not really going to change anything. Like it's the same thing with water. Like being hydrated is an essential part of life, but is it changing your skin? Probably not. Uh, And don't tell that to Patrick Maldowney (laughs) because that's literally his entire thesis for why he drinks so much water is that it helps with his skin. And that's why his skin is always so great, (laughs) which I'm like, whatever you want to believe, babe, keep, keep hydrated, but like probably not doing that much for your skin. So. Right. And and like we were saying about the biotin, um, the same article is suggesting that there's plenty of things you can eat that has a lot of collagen in it eat too. So meat, obviously, bone broth, gelatin, dairy, beans, soy, all those lovely leafy greens, fruits. So basically, the moral of the story here is that we all should continue to have a balanced, well-rounded diet and eat as healthy as we can. And that should hopefully take care of all of the vitamins that we need. And I guess really what it goes down to is people are looking for options to help with hair loss or hair growth. And they think of biotin. I feel like biotin has had a really good publicist in the day of, oh, it'll help with your hair, skin, nails, all of these things. And so they put it in insane amounts in these products that are absolutely unnecessary, can have side effects like breakouts. Um, It can affect your skin barrier. I wrote this story um, in 2021 for Allure. Biotin is probably not making your hair grow longer and interviewed a ton of dermatologists that focus on hair growth and things of that nature. I I talked to Dr. Ban Husali, who is an expert in hair loss. Like he has, he's been a leader and an innovator in this space. And he explained that B5 is a part of the skin barrier, which is why um, taking too much 
of a, a biotin um, can potentially lead to skin barrier disruption and cause these breakouts. Um, and I think I've mentioned this term. I, I, I like take a shot every time I mention telogen effluvium because Dr. Samulitis, this is why she's my derm. She taught me this term and it really has changed my perspective on like why I feel like my hair may or may not be growing. And it's like when you're in a constant state of stress, you're causing inflammation and then you're stuck in this phase of hair growth called telogen effluvium where it's just not growing. It doesn't mean it's never going to grow. It just means it's stuck in that state. And so then you start trying to band-aid it with like supplements and all these other things and then your hair starts growing back and you think it's a result of taking like 500 milligrams of biotin, but it's actually your hair phase, just your cortisol levels probably went down, inflammation went down, and then your hair started growing back. Like th- we're seeing a lot of, I think like one of the things I find so interesting about this story, Sarah, that when you brought it up to me is that clearly after, you know, the early years of COVID, people have been so stressed with so many things like their health, their jobs, etc., going back into the world. You know, there's just so many things that can cause inflammation related to stress. So people's hair is like their hair is not growing or maybe Mm -hmm. they're having babies. And that's like a major stress on your body. Total stress. But to your point, it's like it's a phase. So after hopefully, hopefully (laughs) three, you know, three or four months of shedding, you stop shedding and then you have regrowth. Yep. And then you get these little embarrassing baby hairs. And then you got the little baby bangs. Cute. But like, I will say with Zoe, I'm just so, I'm, I've never been consistent enough with my supplements mm. or hair serums or anything to really see. That's why I was like trying to be a little bit more diligent about it this time with Kate, except now I'm like, maybe I'm going to stop with the biotin. Um, but my hair grew back with Zoe, right? Yep. It was like after three months, I stopped shedding then my hair grew back and it was all normal. So I think... To your point, if I all of a sudden was like, oh, my God, all of the biotin, neutrophil, all of the, you know, Vigamore that I used, that's why my hair is growing back. Like, I see why people can make try to make that connection, but it's probably just because (laughs) I'm out of that phase and into my new phase of hair growth. And even further to that point. That's why so many people think that certain hair products are causing their hair loss. But really, it's like yes. that's why it's in, it's impossible to pinpoint hair loss for the most part. That's why like there's no magic cure for for fixing that because it can literally be anything. It can be horm- hormone related, stress related, which is tied to inflammation. Sure, maybe it could have been the product, but the likelihood of that, yeah, slim to none. I mean, there are obviously exceptions to that, but. That's why when it comes to hair loss, it's such a hard, hard thing to to nail. So this is what I would suggest. If you're experiencing lack of hair growth, hair fall, or hair loss, and you're thinking, I need to remedy this right now, pull out your phone, your normal calendar, whatever it is, and and write down when you notice that your hair is Mm -hmm. not growing or whatever it is. Wait 90 days and see what happens. See if it gets worse. See if it gets better and improves. If it gets worse, talk to a doctor or maybe try a supplement if that's like the route you want to go. But maybe it'll solve itself and then you'll be fine and you don't have to worry and play the guessing game. So I know we're all so quick to want to fix things, but I know taking some time might actually be beneficial in this in this area. 100%. 
But yeah, just know also if you have been taking biotin and you're getting lab tests and you're taking like, I mean, a lot of these supplements have insane amounts of biotin in them. Like Sarah just said, what it was like 0.03 is like what we need. 650 times the recommended dose. And are in like most of these supplements. I mean, like if you look at a, a supplement and it says 500 milligrams of biotin, throw it out. Like you just do not need that much biotin that it is in Saying so, just know that maybe if you got a, a test recently and you have been taking these, maybe go in for a second opinion, get get it get it them done again, so that you can make sure that you're not, yeah, you know, missing something that's vital to your health. A hundred percent. And uh, there's some really great extensions and wigs that you can get. I was thinking about it. I was like, should I get extensions again? But I think I'm just gonna wait it out. Wait it out. Wait it out. Let my hair do its thing. Wear some headbands. I ordered a bunch of new headbands recently. And we'll check in 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 hopefully like 60 days because it's been, well, hopefully like 40 days. We'll see. It's a a good little reminder, I think. Let's talk about this story from Allure. Headline is, Hollywood elite rushes to get plastic surgery before the strike ends. No one knows how long this will last, so they want to act quickly. This is from Marie Lodi, friend of the pod, and she, this is kind of funny. What is the old cliche? When one door open, one door closes, another opens. The SAG, AFTRA, and WGA strikes may have shut the doors to film and TV studios, but it seems that the other dream factories have been swamped with traffic, plastic surgeons' offices. Now, just to be clear, the vast majority of strikers, journeyman actors, and workday writers are simply fighting for fair pay and projections in a rapidly changing business. But for some above the title talent, this work stoppage has become the perfect opportunity for a quick blepharoplasty so they can look more rested when the camera started rolling again. Um, Marie interviewed Catherine Chang, who is a board-certified plastic surgeon in Los Angeles. I think she's one of Hollywood's best-kept secrets. Um, I think a lot of people think of, like, these really huge-name plastic surgeons when they think of people getting facelift and things of that nature. But I know I've met um, Dr. Chang before, and she works on – I mean, obviously, she could not tell me, but, like, the people that she's working on are pretty – pretty – high up there so i'm not surprised like i would not be surprised by this she also interviewed dr diamond dr jason diamond of course she did there's dr diamond who is probably one of the most if not the most famous plastic surgeon in beverly hills also uh ben talley yep loved was another uh plastic surgeon beverly hills yep um so i thought it was funny because in this article was saying that some of these doctors were getting like deposits before the strike was announced because mm-hmm. they saw it coming and they wanted to like act quickly <laughs> when it happened. And um, like some people had their consultation and their surgery and it all happened within two weeks. Like they were just like in and out. Wow. They wanted it. Yeah. Because this is the time. This is the time to do it. Dr. Chang has a, um, she has a very quick recovery time. So I'm not surprised that. that people are coming to her. It says Dr. both Dr. Chang and Dr. Talay report a 30% increase in appointment requests since the strikes began. And I think honestly, like this is a really interesting story. I, I would, I actually want to know, like have they been getting any um, negative feedback on this story? Because I feel like one of the things that 
the people I've talked to that are striking have been saying is they want the general public to know it's not the elite of Hollywood that is affected by this. It's not like the Jennifer Lawrences who get paid $40 million to appear in, you know, a R-rated comedy that they're they're fighting for like they are fighting for the people who like mm-hmm. can barely pay or qualify for health insurance yeah uh, as a part of sag there's 160,000 right. members of sag and it's not just all of these famous people that you think of when you think of movie stars it includes day players it includes people that make a living being background actors you know like a lot of these people are my friends and and they're coming to me going like hey you know if you know of any brands that are looking to invest in hairstylists and makeup artists, please consider us who are in IATSE. IATSE is a union that represents not only hair and makeup artists, but crew members of all kinds, um, artisans that work on these productions. And while IATSE is not on strike, they can't do their jobs without SAG or the WGA. So they're almost like on... Like in solidarity? Strike yeah. by proxy. Yeah. yeah. Like like they, they can't do anything. But then also I was talking to one of my girlfriends who's... She's a, a makeup artist and she was like, I, I could file for unemployment if I don't mention the strike because basically they're like, if you mention the strike, they're like, well, you're not on strike. Mm. So you don't get any benefit because you're the one that's not on strike. But it's like... But I can't actually work and I'm not getting paid because none of these productions are happening. So I feel like when you when you read a headline like this, it's like, oh, you know, these like Hollywood elites are, you know, going to get their plastic surgery while everybody else is like suffering and like doesn't know if they're going to be able to make their, you know, mortgage payment in a couple of months. Because that's the problem with this. They don't know when the strike is going to end. Like, it could be next month. It could be next year. The WGA strike that happened in 2007 went from, I believe, November 2007 to February 2008. And I have heard horror stories of what people went through during that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's there's so many factors that play into this. And it's not just affecting Hollywood. It affects everywhere where there's productions. Totally. There's incentives to film in Texas, incentives to film in Georgia, Toronto. Like, there's all these places that they shoot and film television and film now that are being affected. Think about the ecosystem in Hollywood, y'all. Like, it's not just the actors and the actresses and even the crew. It's like restaurants get affected, dry cleaners get affected, caterers get affected, it's it's not a good situation for, for anybody involved. <laughs> and literally, they were just struggling because of the pandemic. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like this again, not even three years later. Yeah. Like, I just feel for them so much. This is just so stressful. So it, are there ways that we as normies can support them? I don't know. I mean, in terms of like hair and makeup artists, like, I don't know. Follow, support their content on social media. Yes, and if you're a brand and and work with um, a brand that and you're listening to this, like consider reaching out to these these hair department heads, makeup department heads, seeing what, how you can help them. They have crew that they are thinking of that they want to s- help and support. So um, you know, if you if you're a listener and you want to support the WGA or um, SAG, there is an entertainment fund that you can donate donate to to help them, but that does not include members of IATSE. So, and IATSE weren't they on strike like not that long ago too? Okay, so IATSE has never been on strike. Oh, okay. There was a looming strike in 2021. Okay. Got it. When they could not figure out their deal, 
And in order to avoid a strike, they ended up what many people have told me is a deal that they weren't exactly thrilled with. But but this is the other factor. In 2024, they will be up for renegotiation again. And so the concern is, if we have to strike in 2024, is everybody else going to stand with us the way that we've stood with them? Because you do COVID, you do the WGA and SAG strike, and then you do an IATSE strike. It's like Hollywood, as we know it, is going to completely change and maybe not for the better. So there's a lot going on here. It's it's multifaceted. Um, you know, some people are just like trying to figure out how to <laughs> how to fix things. Other people are booking a bluffroplasty. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so you can do both. Maybe you could get your bluff on a Monday, recover, go strike, stand stand on the lines on a Thursday. I I you you can. <laughs> a very small group of people are doing that. Everybody else is like, I'm just trying I'm to just make sure kidding. I can get my health insurance. Yeah, you know no, I mean? totally. So oh, God. Yep. Yep. That's what's going on. I did want to bring up one quick thing before we go. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but Kim Kardashian oh my gosh. is looking to buy back her share of Cody. So Kim is trying to buy back Cody's purchase of 20% stake in her beauty line. So it looks like the... Business of Fashion covered this. Is this a Rachel Strugatz? Yes, it is. So it says, why why Kim Kardashian and Cody could be parting ways with the beauty conglomerate in the midst of restructuring its global business. One of the most famous celebrity founders is said to be taking her brand back. God, she is so rich. Between this and obviously skims. I know. Okay, so it says... Just a year after Kardashian relaunched her beauty brand in partnership with the conglomerate, the 42-year-old entrepreneur and reality TV star is in talks to buy back Cody's minority stake, according to reports to Wall Street Journal. Cody paid $200 million in 2020 for 20% of Kim's business, with plans to co-develop a multi-category brand spanning skincare, makeup, and more. Following reports Wednesday, the firm's stock dropped 2.5%. Cody declined to comment. Kardashian did not respond to requests for comment. Despite the success of Skims, the shapewear-turned-lifestyle juggernaut now valued at $4 billion, Kardashian's beauty venture may not be faring well as both parties initially expected. And then it goes on to say, you know, Skin was launched last year. There, like, the total collection was $630. Um, Kardashian did, however, tell Twitter followers in June that the makeup and fragrance under the skin label would be coming this year. So like, I think people were like, where the hell is KKW Beauty? We want that back. Right. We want our palettes. We want our lip liners. The contour sticks. Contour sticks. Even her body makeup. Like, where is so that? So good. When I interviewed Kim last year for Allure for the skin story, she did say that she wanted skin to be separate. Like she, like, I'm like, why not make it under, under skins? Under Skims yeah. sounds perfect. Skim, skim care, care. We've said as it. Kirby skim has care. mentioned. And she was like, no, I want it to be separate. And I think that was very intentional because I don't think she wanted Cody to have any part in bed with any part of Skims, totally. which I think is a smart idea. Um, and I think her buying back from Cody is a really interesting and probably like a good decision. So which that she. Then they can be put together. I mean, then they can join forces, correct? But I don't think she will because she owns Skims with two other people. I think it's Jen's Greed is 
I think the co-founder of Skims with her. So I think she wants something that's like totally her own that she's not having to share anything with. That's the vibe that I'm getting. And someone else made a good point when I was talking to them about this. Kim has her own like venture capital firm. Like I don't think she necessarily needs Cody's investment in this anymore. You know, she's like, let's bring it back. I don't really know what, what Cody was doing you know, with that brand in the first place. Right. The article said, um, this Yahoo Finance article says that they had committed to further advancing the line as a global brand by developing hair care, personal care, skin care, and nail products, echoing the expansion of Kylie Cosmetics, which was founded by Kardashian's younger sister in 2014. So maybe that was the promise. And obviously we haven't really seen any of that come to fruition, really. Yeah. And in the business of fashion story, it says the move is a departure from Cody's current portfolio. It mostly owns mass labels like CoverGirl and Max Factor and licensing deals, which make up a bulk of its luxury business. It says going forward, Cody has less use for Kardashian skincare, which price wise classifies as prestige, but is not considered ultra luxury, nor does it have the credibility of decades old brands with royal ties. Plus in China, where Cody is making some hefty investments, the Skims founder doesn't have the level of influence that she has in the U.S. and Europe. Um, this is really interesting. I I think it's, I mean, honestly, I think it's smart. It says, while celebrity founders have bought out equity partners before, such as Millie Bobby Brown, who in 2020 bought a majority stake of her Florence by Mills from incubator Beach House Group, it's rare that these ventures are valued at $1 billion. The eight-figure valuation of Kardashian's beauty line makes a change in ownership far more tricky. Negotiations could get complicated simply because of the optics. At such an inflated price to buy back, to buy the brand back, even with help from Sky Partners, the private equity firm she co-founded last year with Jay Sammons, at a lower value would be perceived as a miss. It's a game no one can win. Interesting. If you buy it back cheaper, then it's a recognition of failure. And if you buy back more expensive, then you basically lose money. Damn. She's got some money to lose. Yeah. Does Kim care? Does Kim care? Does Kim care with a K? No. She doesn't. <laughs> that's she has a private that's jet. That's the headline of this episode. Does, Does Kim, Kim care? Care with a K. Love that. She, I, if I were her, I would just buy it back and take the loss and then make another billion in the next few years. Yeah, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Thank you everyone for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.